the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Teach us to pray. In fact, as we've been doing together over the last several weeks, let me encourage you to even whisper that prayer right now. Lord, teach me to pray. What a great request. Now, Jesus responded to the request of teach us how to pray Jesus your way with giving us what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to read this for you, recorded from Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 9, down through verse 13, and you'll see that there are a number of different things that Jesus gave us as principles of, or processes of, or points of prayer. This is more than just a prayer that you are to recite. It's a prayer that actually leads you through a process of prayer. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Remember the request, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. That's where we live, obviously, as it is in heaven. That's where God lives. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some translations will add as well. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now in this series, this Teach Us to Pray series, part of what I'm hoping to do as a, as a part of this series is to help you to enrich, help us to enrich our prayer life by showing you that there are all kind of dimensions of prayer. Prayer is not just something you whisper in a, an emergency situation. It's not something you just ritualistic, ritualistically declare or legalistically, legalistically go through in your spiritual journey. No, there's a real relationship in prayer, and there are many aspects by which and in which we can pray. And I want to talk to us this weekend about an implied and actually at some level stated aspect of prayer, and we're going to talk about what I'm calling the keep us prayer. Jesus teaches us that we are to pray a keep us prayer. Now, this keep us prayer is found in verse 13, where Jesus said, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or we might say, keep us from temptation and keep us from the evil one. We're going to talk today about this whole idea of what it what does it mean to pray the keep us prayer? And I've divided this message as well into two parts. So I would encourage you to be back with us again next week as we continue to expand upon this very powerful keep us prayer. But I hope that you're learning as I am all the different avenues of prayer that your prayer life is being enriched as a part of this series. So it's the keep us prayer. The keep us prayer really has a number of elements. I'm going to talk to you about three elements of the keep us prayer this weekend, and we'll talk about more of those, as I said, next weekend. Three elements of the keep us prayer. Number one, when you pray, you need to pray this prayer, keep us 
from. I'm going to talk about some things that we're to be kept from. In fact, that word from and all the words that I'll use as your important words this weekend are prepositions. They're words that are used in grammar to connect you to some other word, some other process, some other thing. So I want to talk about the keep us from. Notice that word from. From means to actually be kept away from something or to be brought into relationship with something. From, that is, speaks of a, a, a relational aspect of things. And let me share with you five things that we're to be kept from when we pray or to ask God to keep us from. Number one, Jesus made it clear, Lord, keep us from temptation. Let's talk a little bit about temptation. Temptation is any kind of situation or thought or word or circumstance or person or event that entices you to do that which is wrong or that which is evil. All of us face temptation at times, but we are to pray, Lord, keep us away from temptation. Help us not to walk into temptation. Help us to be discerning and help us to avoid situations and thoughts and words and circumstances and people that would entice us to do wrong or to do evil. That's a very valuable prayer to pray. Again, Jesus spoke of it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, and lead us not or keep us away from temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the apostle Paul speaks of this importance of praying or moving away from temptation in these words. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. One of the ways that we move away from temptation is by learning to pray this keep us from temptation prayer. I would encourage you every morning as you start your day and as you go through your day from time to time in your day, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, I'm praying that today you would help me to be discerning, help me to be aware of and help me to avoid any kind of situation or any kind of thought or word or any kind of circumstance or any kind of person that would pull me into doing something that is wrong and contrary to your heart and contrary to your will. It's a prayer that Jesus wants to answer in your life. And then the second one I'm talking about this weekend in terms of keep us from is keep us from harm. It's important to ask God to actually keep you from things that are potentially going to hurt or damage your life or cause damage to other people through you. Keep me from harm. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 16, verse number one, keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. The psalmist says, God, I'm asking you, it's my prayer that you would keep me safe, keep me from harm, my God, for in you I take refuge. It's a great prayer to pray not only for yourself, but for your family, for people that you care for, that you're concerned about. God, I'm praying you would keep me from temptation and keep me from harm and keep those that I love from temptation and those I love from harm. The third word is is the word evil. Keep me from evil. Now you might say, well, we've, we've kind of talked about that with temptation. No, I want to draw this out in a, in a bit different application here. Evil, I want you to think of it as an active, real, invisible force of evil that's in our world. See, in the world in which we live, there is a, there is a spirit, there are spirits, we might say, of darkness 
and the dark realm of the kingdom of darkness. Satan is the prince of the kingdom of the power of the air, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. And so there's an invisible realm. You cannot see it, but there is a, a true force of evil in the world pushing and pulling people toward that which is contrary to God. And so we're to pray, keep us from evil or keep us from the evil one, keep us from evil activity that is seeking to influence our thoughts and our behaviors, our actions, our attitudes. And there are dark forces that want to invade your life, invade your family, invade your environment, and somehow pull you away toward an anti-God perspective. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, the Apostle Paul makes this statement about the importance of avoiding this principle of evil, this evil element that's in our world and the evil one that's behind it. But the Lord is faithful, he writes, he will strengthen you and notice this, protect you from the evil one. Then number four, protect me from and work in my life to keep me from wrong influences. An influence is anything that convinces your mind of going a particular direction or making a particular decision or a particular choice. And just like there are evil forces in our world, there are also evil pressures in our world. The world itself exerts a certain amount of pressure upon you and me to live an anti-God life. See, the world doesn't line up with the principles of God's kingdom. So there is a not only a spirit of darkness in terms of satanic influence, but there's a worldly spirit, a world out there that wants to pressure you to conform your life to the way it get lives life and the way that it pursues its objectives and priorities. And so we're called to pray, God, keep us from wrong influences. Notice Proverbs 2, 7 through 9. He, God, grants good sense to the godly, his saints. He is their shield, protecting them and guarding their pathway. That is how they walk. He shows how to distinguish right from wrong and how to find the right decision every time. So we're praying, God, would you help me to move away from any pressure that is pushing me off the right pathway and let me stay on the pathway that allows me to do the right things in life. And then number five, we're to pray, God, keep me from wrong thinking and wrong speaking. We've talked a bit about the wrong thinking, but wrong thinking oftentimes is far more than just thinking that is necessarily evil or thinking that's related to temptation. You can have wrong thinking in terms of just negativity and viewing the world from a, from a wrong perspective and viewing relationships from a wrong perspective. That you, You're building your life on things that are not true. And so untruths find their way in you and they affect your emotions and they affect the way you live your life and you approach other people. And so God, I'm asking you to keep me from any thinking that is contrary to healthy thinking and, and, and God godly thinking, and also uh, wholesome thinking. Lord, let my mind be not only cleansed, but let my mind be healthy in the way that I go about thinking thoughts and processing life. So God, deliver me from and keep me from wrong thinking and wrong speaking. See, what's in your heart eventually comes out of your mouth. And of course, if we're not careful, things can come from our mouths that very adversely affect not only our lives, but affect the lives of other people. And so we need to pray, God, keep me from speaking things that would hurt me or hurt other people or hurt your influence through my life. The psalmist David prayed this prayer himself in Psalm 19, verse 14, the Passion Translation. Notice this is a prayer that David prayed himself. It's a prayer related to his thinking and a prayer related to his speaking. 
So may the words of my mouth, my meditation dash thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer, my protector, God. I love the way the Passion Translation renders this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation or the thoughts and every movement of my heart Always be pure and pleasing, acceptable to you, God. You're my redeemer. You're my protector, my rock and my redeemer, as one translation says. The second keep us prayer is to keep us for. The first one keep us from. Second one keep us for. For describes a design. Something's created for a purpose or for a plan. And when God created you, he created you for something. You're not an accident. You were created for something. It's important to remember and to understand that you are created for something and your life needs to be focused on what God created you for. You're created for God's purposes and for God's plans and you're created for God's assignments. Let me say that again. God created you for his purposes and his plans, not your purposes or your plans or somebody else's purposes or plans for your life, but you were created for God's purposes and God's plans, and you were created to fulfill God's assignments for your life, not your own assignments, not just how living life, how you want to live. No, there's a, there's a distinct and a very definite purpose for which God created you. And so when you pray, God, I'm asking you not only to keep me from those things we talked about, but God, I'm asking you to keep me today for, for your purposes and for your plans and for your assignments. Listen to Paul's description of this in Romans chapter eight, verses 26 through 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Lots of things we could talk about in this particular passage. But what I want you to see here is very simple, but nevertheless very profound. That you and I are not just going to stumble into the promises of God, or I should say the purposes of God. It's not just going to automatically happen in your life. It's not just kind of fate taking over and making whatever happen happen that God would want to happen in your life. No, we have a part to play. In fact, here in Romans 8, verses 26 through 28, we're very clearly shown that our prayer life is very, very important. It contributes to us finding God's will and living out God's purpose. And so when you start your day, you need to say, God, I want to live for your purpose today. I want to live for your plan today. I don't want my plans or the plans of anyone else around me to to adversely affect my life. I want to live for your purpose. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10, Living Bible. But you're not like that, for you have been chosen by God himself. You are priest of the king. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that, so that you may show. Here's purpose. So that you may show to others how God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you're God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by it. Here's what I want you to see from this passage. It's very clear that God has chosen you and me, 
Notice, notice we've been chosen by God, but we've been chosen for a purpose so that we may show to others how God called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And through the life that we live, we're helping others, other people to see that they have an opportunity to be called out of darkness as well. Here's what I want to drive home for you today. And this message is a part of this praying for, keep us for something is to understand that God's purpose for your life is not just going to automatically happen. You're not going to stumble into it as though it's a fate for your life and you have no control over it. No, you pray your way into the purposes of God. That as you start your day and as you go through your day, God, I'm asking that you'll keep me on target with your purpose. Keep me on target with your plans. Keep me on target for your will. Help me not to miss the fact that I'm chosen to do something that will advance your cause and your kingdom in the world today. God, I'm asking you to keep me for the purpose and plan and the assignment you have for me. Psalm 143 verse 10 is a specific prayer that David prayed along these lines. He says, teach me to do Notice this, circle these on your notes or highlight them or certainly remember them. Teach me to do whose will your will, O God, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. David takes time to pray this very specific prayer. God, I don't want to just think that I'm going to stumble into your purpose for my life. I know that I have to have a, I have a part to play in this. So I'm, I'm on my knees asking you to teach me, help me to understand, instruct me, guide me to do your will. You're my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. And then the third thing and the final thing I want to talk to us about this weekend, the keep us prayer is the keep us in. So keep us from, keep us for, and keep us in. Why don't you say those three with me? Keep us from, keep us for, and keep us in. Let's look at the keep us in. To be in is to be in. When you're in, that is you're steadfast. You're inside something or you're involved in some activity. You're involved in some relationship. When you're in the car, you're inside the car. When you have a relationship, you're in a relationship. When you have a friendship, you're in a friendship. And so that word in is a very powerful word describing your commitment to or your involvement inside or with something. And so, God, I'm praying that you will keep me in. Let's talk about three things that you and I need to be kept in very closely, very strongly kept inside this activity, this relationship. Number one, God, I'm praying that you'll help me to keep, be kept in a a fruitful relationship with you, Jesus. The most important relationship in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people that are saying right now in your life, maybe even you right now are saying, "I, I need this kind of friend or that kind of friend or this kind of person in my life. And, and maybe you feel lonely. And certainly that is a human emotion that we all feel from time to time. But oftentimes we try to fill the void of relationships in our lives with with people and people end up disappointing us and people end up letting us down and some people come and go from our lives and we find ourselves not being able to to fully depend upon people. But as the scripture says, there's a friend that will stick closer closer to you than, than a brother. There's a friend that will never leave you and a friend that will never forsake you. And you need to be kept in relationship with the greatest friend you'll ever have. Doesn't mean that you don't need other people in your life. Other people are valuable. But I promise you this, you can have the you can have the, the most friends in the world, and you'll still be lonely if you don't have a friendship with God. 
And so you need to have a fruitful relationship with Jesus. And so this is something like any other relationship. You have to stay in it. So if you don't put your heart into a relationship, what's going to happen to the relationship? If you don't put your heart into your marriage, what's going to happen to your marriage? If you don't put your heart into your friendships, what's going to happen with your friendships? No relationship is able to survive without putting yourself into it. And the same is true in your relationship with Jesus. You have to put something in, be kept in the relationship. I promise you, he will never walk away from you. But oftentimes we walk away from him. Jesus says this, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who notice this phrase live in me. Circle that. Note that on your, on your, on your notes. Highlight it in your mind. Those who live, notice in me, while I live in them, will produce a lot of fruit. So Jesus says, here's how it works. The way this relationship works is I'm like a vine. I'm the vine. You guys are the branches. Those that know me claim relationship with me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. And if you will live in me while I'm living in you, the result is going to be wonderful. You'll produce a lot of fruit, some good things, some amazingly good things will come for your life. But you can't produce anything without me. You can't produce anything without me. What is he saying there? Is mean, does he say, is he saying you can't accomplish anything at all without Jesus? No, it's not saying it. So you can't accomplish anything of eternal value and eternal worth and real meaning and real purpose, as we described a few moments ago, apart from him. And so the most important thing as you pray each day is, Lord, I'm praying that today you would help me to to be in, to be kept in a personal relationship with you. I'm praying the keep me prayer, Jesus. Keep me in relationship with you. Let me not be a detached branch. Let me be an attached branch to you, the vine. And I want to be in you so that you're in me and that life can flow and fruit can be produced in my life to your honor and to your glory. And then we need to be kept in right relationship with other people. Think about it for a moment. When you're not in right relationship with someone that's you're, you're close to or should be close to, what does that do to your day? You've ever had a fight with someone in the morning and it affected your entire day? Or maybe you had a fight with someone at the beginning of the week and two weeks later you were still struggling with that distance in the relationship because you were not in good standing with that person. Something in your life, in the relationship, was blocking the flow, the communication. Maybe you'd stop talking to one another. Something got in the way of that relationship and you're not in good standing with another person. And any time that you and I are not in good standing with God, we're in trouble. And also we're not in good standing with people. We need to pray that God would help us to stay in right relationship with other people. And that requires some work. It requires some prayer. There are many times in life that you're going to come across things in a relationship that you have to pray your way through, pray your way through forgiveness and pray your way through whatever animosity you may have inside of you or emotions that may be stirred in you and pray your way back into fellowship, not only with God, but with that person. So you're forgiving and you're letting go of things that need to be let go of and you're in right relationship. You can't have an effective life, a fully effective life when you're not in right relationship with the people that you need to be in right relationship with. That's why Ephesians 4 verse 3 is a very important statement. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. He's talking to us as believers. 
Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And so you've got to work at it. You've got to pray for it. You've got to let your prayers be directed toward relational issues that are keeping you separated from others so your relationships can not only be healed and mended, but kept strong and healthy. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.